Can I get a man? <laughs> Good Amen. evening, folks. <laughs> Welcome back to Calling All Beings. I'm your host, DJ, on what was set to be a Bigfoot Monday night. Uh, but the one person that's missing is our guest, Doug Highcheck. But not to fear, because with me, you are in the very, very, very capable hands of none other than one of the original gangsters of Cab. She is one of the original gangsters of UAP Med. She is somebody who is spreading knowledge and positivity throughout the UAP universe. She loves her some Bigfoot, and guess what? She's even ready to babysit for free. So party people, put your hands together for at a study of UAP Dems. Hi, everybody. Do you think that having dogs is practice for babysitting uh, Bigfoot? Uh, Matt is the only one here that can answer that question, Debs. You know that. And Matt, you better be clapping in the background. <laughs> yeah. Clapping away. He's like, I'm not clapping for anybody, man. I ain't clapping for nothing, You guys man. are a bunch of square, a bunch of socias, man. <laughs> okay? All right. Uh, and so, uh, next, uh, one of the newest members of CAB, a dude who has affected all of our lives, a dude who the day they taught uh, how to conduct a poor interview and ask bad questions, he didn't show up that day. Um, he is an original gangster of the Bigfoot community. He is a two-decade-plus researcher and broadcaster, and uh, he's the host of Bigfoot Crossroads. So put your hands together for my man, Matt Knapp. Ha, <laughs> ha! You hear that I, thought, I thought you were going to say I sat at the front of the class. <laughs> I was the teacher's pet. Not at all. Not at all, Matt. Um, I, I, I've i told people about you, and it's uncanny. Deb, is it not uncanny that he always seems to come up with something interesting to say? Truly, he does. Mm -hmm. It really is. You're really, really weird like that. Because, um, you know, if you screwed up a little more, I think I'd feel better. Like, I'd feel like I'm not the only one. Uh, but, but amen. So, uh, Julie's in the chat. Jules, good evening. Um, so Jules, uh, I think Doug Highcheck, uh, A, did not get my email. B, did not check his email <laughs> because I emailed him a couple of weeks ago about a UAP issue and therefore we don't have a guest. So I think that, uh, the cabbies will trundle along doing our thing. And then, um, you know, we'll talk for a little while and see what happens. Uh, Mick is here. Mick, uh, Mickless, uh, as he is on Twitter. Mick Ashworth. Boom. Uh, Mick is, um, boy, this guy's communications with uh, spirits are really, really awesome. Um, I listen is he the ghost to... couch guy? Yes, that is Mick. Yes. Um rough and tumble human i saw him flexing the other day he's got a pretty low body fat count uh percentage um and uh but moreover yeah he talks to foggy and a couple other spirits on there and it's 
he's able to have some really good uh really good conversations there it is right there bigfoot crossroads baby go get you thank some you, thank of you. that you know been around thank you jules and um so yeah so mick thank you for being there thank you for engaging uh with cab all the time uh with julie and and the rest of us on twitter or, or x whatever we're supposed to call it now it's making me think of ecstasy right deb deb's ready to have me committed to some sort of a drug rehab <laughs> um <laughs> but we we really do all that to say mick we really do appreciate you hanging out and, and supporting us so with that, uh, let me pass the microphone over to Deb and see what's on your mind tonight, girlfriend, since uh, we don't have a high check. Well, a okay. Check. So um, today I found out that ChatGBT couldn't be put on an iPhone. So I spent about two hours putting everything I could think of, including a letter to God, in the ChatGBT. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Did and you it, pray it was, for hair, by the way? I, I, for and I asked for emotional letters, and it was just amazing. And I'm like, are these unique each time? So I did ask it to give me a write-up of how to deal with stigma um, in conversations related to the paranormal. I asked it, like, what do other countries think about the paranormal? So if I had to say one of the things on my mind lately has been just the cultural sensitivity issue um, and the fact that, you know, today I actually saw a documentary this morning about someone in another country. I didn't actually have it like fully on in my purview, but it was just interesting to, I think it was Mexico, but I could be entirely wrong. But the point is, it's just, a, it's one of those things I want to talk about. Um, like how is the paranormal treated in other countries? Very great, great question. Uh, I was listening thankfully uh ash so our one so a couple things Let, let's just get before we go to matt let's just get to a little bit of housekeeping so nathan is uh out of town with the fam this weekend so that's why he's not here leah is just avoiding me i don't know if it's the hair the glasses or that i've gained a couple pounds i don't know what it is um and uh obviously um right now uh uh, Frank is is deep into his job. He's not even doing his own show at the moment, not no less cab. So we, we can certainly understand that. So uh, you've got the other three cabbies here at the minute. Um, so what was I going to say? And um, so, Deb, you were saying uh, with with uh, chat GPT, are you sort of uh, musing about how this can help? Are you looking to leverage this technology against the requirement right. to um lessen the stigma lessen the ontological shock and all these things yeah i think that it has a you know obviously it almost immediately comes up with information i asked for for instance um some of the biggest cases um some examples of people being hurt by ufos um and then i got into different countries and i asked you know can you give me the best cases and uh, granted africa is an entire continent filled with lots of countries but i'm like can you give me the best african cases can you give me the best south american cases um can you give me the best in indigenous people cases and i was a little frustrated because i think there is a bias in the programming because it's definitely not giving me a lot of information from other countries yeah, that, that, that doesn't really surprise me now that, now that you mention it. Um, also, one more bit of housekeeping um, is is that uh, Doug Hycheck, the 
director of uh, Legend Means Science and, and now Legend Means Science 2. Um, I guess he didn't get the message. I maybe should have gotten. You know what? I can I can um, text him while Matt's talking and just let him know that, that Doug hasn't turned up and he can text him just in case he wants to join us. But uh, we would love to have um, his wealth of knowledge on here. Uh, Matt, please go ahead and, and uh, either respond to Deb or just whatever you whatever's on your mind. Um, I'm also interested in how other countries and uh, different, you know, ethnicities uh, approach the paranormal. I know that I have uh, a few friends that are of Mexican descent and uh, in their family, I, I won't say it's on behalf of the entire culture, but I do believe in their family, but also uh, in a lot of other places, you know, the history goes way farther back than the United States does, obviously. And they've been dealing with the paranormal and things of a folklore nature for ever, you know, much longer than the United States has. And uh, they treat it as part of their day-to-day -day life. It is ingrained into their belief system. Whereas I feel like whenever it comes to that sort of thing, here uh in the u.s it's approached as like entertainment or a topic of study uh, more often than it is uh you know something taboo that you don't talk about or that they take actually seriously uh you know there's a, a lot of things that are in other cultures that are specifically geared towards dealing with the paranormal or dealing with curses or dealing with this or that Whereas here, you don't really have that until you start getting into like Native American history and things like that. Uh, but the general population of the United States that are descended from migrants from other countries that ended up here, uh, most of them really just treat it, like I said, you know, as like something to study or, you know, entertain themselves with, you know, on TV or watch a scary movie or maybe, you know, go on a ghost tour somewhere or something like that. And I think that's a, a really interesting contrast between modern U.S. society and all the other cultures of the world. I'm wondering if there's a language issue that because it's in chat, GPT is English, but maybe some of these records are, are in a different language. It doesn't translate over. So I just I, I have to applaud you for doing that, though, Deb, because it's something that I didn't think of and a lot of people wouldn't have thought of. So uh, rock on. But um, uh, Ju the Jewel of uh, Indiana has a question for us. So uh, I'm going to throw it to Debs first. Um, Debs, it's right here. What has intrigued you most in your studies of the phenomenon? So you can choose any of any of the three or however you want to take that. I think for me, it's just how the people respond to it because of my background with psychology and my i'm just very interested in people and and how people vary um so when people respond in so many different ways and um just the way they kind of either <laughs> come together or start having big giant arguments you know it's that part is the most fascinating to me and you know we just talked the other day about how we have this strange bias against for instance, topics like Bigfoot or UFOs, 
but we're totally cool with let's talking about ghosts and you can go buy a ghost and put it out front of your house and you can decorate your house up and down with ghosts and if someone wants to hear a ghost story at a campfire and like you know there's tons and tons of shows about ghosts and like everyone was like oh i have a haunted restaurant we can go to it's so different but if you were to say you know there's aliens people are going to recoil they're going to probably stigmatize you if you put a giant bigfoot or a giant ufo in front of your house it's just to me that's what's intriguing like people just their response to the whole thing that, that is really funny deb and what a great way to put it because i mean hell there's casper i mean there's major movies that i mean i guess there have been major movies made about about all of these phenomena but but i know what you mean it's very normalized uh the the aspect of ghosts whereas if you had a a big you know go back a few years you've had a bigfoot in front of your home people would have thought would think like you're really weird but uh matt uh that question to you sir i mean growing up in a house that had you know paranormal activity going on it's always been kind of personal for me it's always been a a journey of uh trying to learn and understand uh, not only my experiences, but the experiences of others. Uh, I think that's what's really got me hooked on it for so long and kept me here, kept my interest going. Uh, you know, I, I tend to question if I had not encountered what I believe was a Bigfoot, would I still be doing this? Would I still be part of the Bigfoot community? Would I be podcasting about Bigfoot? And I, I don't really think I would, to be honest. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. You know, the because that's another aspect of it is you know the communities of people you know experiencers enthusiasts everything else all congregating together on the internet uh forming these little nations of belief systems uh you have a lot of arguing and you have a lot of feuding and not much learning going on not much listening and uh that's right. very hard to navigate and can be extremely frustrating at times uh but i you know i hold out for, you know, hope for, you know, fighting the good fight and that eventually uh, truth will come out uh, in any one of these areas. I, I think they're all important because something that I've started noticing, especially after talking to you guys, the people who experience UFO stuff are going through the same psychological and emotional processes that people that see Bigfoot are going through or people that do live in haunted homes and they don't know how to deal with it and they're trying to find other people that understand what they're experiencing and being able to share those stories with one another and whenever you can tap into that part of it it's really an amazing and uh you know a very emotional thing to witness and uh i know that i have personally grown from it and it has helped me deal with my own situations so th this is tangential before i answer uh this question po posed by jules um, Matt, did, did the entities that were living in the home, did they scare you? Did you get the sense that they were trying to scare you or something like that? You know, there was one that did. Um, and I could be completely wrong about this. You, you know, it's so weird to talk about because you're talking about unseen forces, <laughs> you know? So whenever I say that there was definitely two distinct things here, uh that that was the belief that there is one that was kind of calming uh not spooky at all not scary at all 
and then there is one that seemed angry and would mess with you more and it seemed like it was trying to scare you and whenever i was a little kid you know i grew up in the uh the uh latchkey generation you know I, I was home alone at a very early age and uh some of those times being left here by myself even though it's broad daylight things would start happening and i'd be here all alone and it would freak me out uh so in that aspect yeah there there was one that definitely was scary now things that happened before I was ever here, before I was born, that happened to relatives of mine in this house, uh, there were some even more frightening experiences, which I didn't know about until I was probably in my teens, late teens, whenever I started hearing some of those stories, they didn't tell them to me as a child. Uh, so I can't say that maybe I was subconsciously processing that stuff and that's why I was so afraid because nothing really happened to me per se that was ever violent uh, compared to other people. But there was just something about it, just the feeling of this this one particular one uh, was always, it, it just felt angry. And I guess that's what scared me. Big time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, yeah, just, just you know, hearing about what, what you've uh, related, I, I figured it did, and I just had to ask. I, I would love to know the percentages of people who, percentage of Americans um, be, that believe in ghosts, percentage of Americans that believe in um, a Bigfoot, and percentage of Americans that believe in UFOs. Because I would, to me, I would think ghosts would be much, much higher. Because yeah. it's almost like everybody knows someone that has had a ghost. Okay. You want me to get weird with that for a okay. moment? And, uh, yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Okay. In the documentary I saw today, the gentleman said that when he had a non-human intelligence contact experience, they showed him his grandfather who had passed away. And Whitley said when he had his encounter, they showed him people that he knew. So... I have to wonder sometimes if there's a connection, like there's some manipulation of um, who we are. But they, I think in the documentary that was sort of implied that they were showing spirits, like they, they, these entities are somehow in control of the spirits. Like they have some uh, maintenance of them, which is an interesting idea, which kind of, goes a little bit into biblical ideas of angels and demons monitoring us and kind of swaying us one way or the other and sometimes punishing us after we pass away. What do you think about that? Are you asking Matt? Because because for me, I'm like, I don't know what's going mm -hmm. on. It's just weird how often it happens. I mean, yeah. the idea of like you know, NHIs or, you know, whatever you want to call them crossing over into the paranormal realm and, uh, including spirits of deceased loved ones and things like that. I mean, yeah. Uh, from my own set of personal beliefs that definitely strikes tones of demonic activity. Uh, it strikes tones of, you know, biblical, uh, things, you know, the, don't commune with the spirits you you can't trust them you don't know if they're telling you the truth or not uh deception things like that but then it also from the science 
uh, perspective, you know, one uh, path of belief whenever it comes to the paranormal and things of this nature is uh, things operating on different wavelengths and frequencies than what we operate on. Uh, we're only able to hear and see things to a certain degree within a certain spectrum. And there's things that lay outside of that. And some of those things might be the spirit realm or uh, NHIs, aliens, whatever you want to call it, may be able to operate outside of our own uh, perceived wavelengths. And so if something were able to do that, it might be able to have access to dimensions or wavelengths or frequencies or whatever you want to call it that we don't have access to. So it's possible that, say, an alien, for instance, could communicate with the spirit world if they have that ability. That That's a fascinating, uh, you know, I, I should, uh, there's something to ask like Anjali and some of these folks that are in communication. Uh, but let, we got some stuff to get to from the chat before I even get to answer mine. And by the way, uh, our friend from Bigfoot Influencers, Tim Halloran, uh, did contact Doug Highcheck and sent texted him the link so we may see him pop up i don't know if he's used Streamyard. i'm gonna assume he has and he knows that he has to use chrome but if he's using his uh if he's using his uh device then he, he should be okay his mobile device should be all right um let me get this because i'm getting a lot of okay um all right so question here from michael hello michael and welcome as i said uh and what mick ashworth also has some things um I'm convinced that certain people are more likely to experience these phenomenon. Why? Michael, I had um, an experiencer ask me that the other night. Um, I don't want to say her name. Uh, she does work in government, in Intel, and um, she, uh, she asked the same question. Why are they communicating with me? And uh, then uh, Deb uh, connected me with another person from government a male person and he has similar questions why me and we just don't know and it would be the height of speculation to offer a hypothesis as to why those people were chosen um, if you look at it spans from young kids to teens uh, Priscilla uh, the quantum witch can tell you about some of those into 20s and 30s uh, married persons uh, persons who are uh, in their 50s and 60s, like Linda Thompson. So we really just don't know. And uh, I wish I could offer you something better, but I, I think it would be so human to do that just because um, we're thinking, we only have the ability to, to view the world through a hu humanistic prism. And these entities may have thought processes that are completely different from ours. So I, I, I would hate to try to put myself in their, in their place. Uh, what else have we got? So uh, Mick Ashworth, our friend Mick from the UK, says, uh, so he does communicate with these spirits, and he has been told that Satan is, a, is really a D from another dimension. So Mick Ashworth, if you're there, if you're still with us, if you could finish the words in these sentences so we know exactly what you're saying, um, I think I know what you're saying, but if you could just be more clear on that, Mick, and retype that, I would appreciate it. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, 
Okay, there are in control on the other side. They are in control on the other side. Demons are entities from another dimension. So that's what Mick is saying. So that would put it in the same space as the uh, as uh, the NHIs are. That that uh, from our friends that speak specifically with NHIs or what they believe are NHIs, right, Deb? What they believe, um, because you don't know necessarily who you're talking to, right? Um, yes. So uh, they they talk about that the, there's another dimension, and Mick is saying that the this what he believes he's speaking with the spiritual side, former humans who are now he's speaking with their energy or their their spirit are telling him uh, also from another dimension. All right, man, we we are brb. Okay, got it, Matt. Thank you, brother. Um, okay. By so, the way, DJ, someone yes, recently amended the comment about NH NHI and said that in terms of the Disclosure Act, that also includes um, AI. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Great point, Debs. Wow, man. That is really interesting because that's going to become another entity, although a computerized one. Wow. Okay. And uh, thank I'm I sorry, just good. Yeah, I just want to point out that if it's NHI from another like galaxy or another dimension, it's still AI in, in that case, right? So like we just we still don't know obviously everything about what this is or um what the phenomenon is, but it just it has not been ignored that some of the objects um albeit you know, decades and decades ago may have been too small to have an occupant. Um, some right. of them, some of them may be basically, uh, NHI drones. Sure. Ab ab totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Uh, let, let's tackle this one from, uh, Michael here. It's funny. We got two Michaels in here. So if the next person that comes in the chat is Michael, you'll win a can of DJ skincare formula. Um, Okay, I believe Bigfoot has both physical and non-physical components to them. Until you understand that, you're lost. Um, I tend to agree with you, Michael. I would hate to characterize somebody as lost, uh, just that they necessarily haven't been found yet. But the, a hypothesis we've been working on, and we'll pitch this, uh, assuming that Doug turns up. He may be trying to get on his computer and, and get dialed into us. But if he does, uh, we'll ask him this, but... Let's 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 go through this thought experiment here, Michael. If we all believe that there is a Bigfoot exists, we know enough people who we trust that many people can't think just think they're seeing something from housewives to little kids to businessmen to hunters and fishermen and hikers and backpackers. They're not all just imagining this right. Not to mention that Matt has seen a couple of them. If that's the case. And we believe that such a thing happens is that a human will die and then its spirit will remain in a particular location, which often, as in Matt's case, was the house that he grew up in, in Tulsa. So what's to say that if a Bigfoot were to die and still his spirit would remain in that forest that he or she felt the most at home, is it possible that 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 is the ghost of a Bigfoot and is exhibiting characteristics. And this is not to say that there isn't a 
you know, portal issue and, and dimension issue or that Bigfoot is being abducted just like humans are. I'm not saying that that's not happening, but it could explain a lot of people, um, a lot of the characteristics that happen around the campsite um, where they don't hear a Bigfoot approach, but they hear it leave or they hear it approach and don't hear it leave or they'll see part of a Bigfoot, but not that, you know, the rest of it, only a torso. Um, so if that happens, is it possible that there are Bigfoot ghosts? So I ask you that, Michael, if you can respond in the chat, that would be great. Um, Deb, would you like to tackle that one as well? I definitely think it's possible. And we've talked about this previously on another, um, episode. And I also said, we still don't even entirely understand what ghosts are. Um, and it is even possible that some of them are almost like a memory. Um, that's sort of, sort of trapped and that we get to replay sometimes. So it does make you wonder, and this is just something to throw out as a thought experiment. Have there ever been ghosts of Neanderthals being seen? Because um, if if it can't be, you know, say Bigfoot, which may be like an ancient species, who knows? Um, have there been Neanderthals or other hominids? I wonder. I think Matt is back if he wants to. Hey, Matt. Um, so here you go. This is from Michael. And if you'd like to weigh in on that, sir. Oh, is he back? Um, I mean, at this point, we don't know anything. Uh, I, what I can say is from my own personal experiences. Um, obviously I've talked to a lot of witnesses, heard a lot of Bigfoot stories. Uh, and while it's not anywhere close to being the majority or even half of the witnesses that claim to experience paranormal supernatural aspects, they're there. They still exist. They can't be ignored. There's enough of them that you have to pay attention to what they're saying. Uh, I've, I've spoken to many people that definitely, uh, speak with the same sincerity and honesty that everyone else does and they've experienced these things so it can't be ignored in my own personal experience uh i originally just by dumb luck aligned myself with a group of people that were very experienced outdoorsmen and been doing this for a very long time uh people who have claimed to have had these things on their family's property as they were growing up and these are now men, you know, middle-aged men that had grown up with these things since they were young children, uh, learning about these things from, you know, the previous generations in their family that have had these things on and around their property on a regular basis. Uh, I was personally raised by older gentlemen <laughs> from a different time that were outdoorsmen to, to the extent of the, the male figure in my life. That was basically my father. Uh, he provided for his eight brothers and sisters, his entire family by hunting and fishing as a youth. I mean, that's just the way it was. Uh, and I learned things from those people. And I applied that knowledge whenever I went out into the woods and I had a sighting. So I applied the same things that anybody would apply to go see a bear or go see a deer or any other wildlife in the woods that led to a sighting. I'm not saying that I could go out and find a Bigfoot 
every time I walked out into the woods, but I was able to accomplish the goal. Then I started learning very quickly that these things behaved much more like people than they did like animals. They had a progressive thought, strategic planning. Uh, you know, they would manipulate the situation. Uh, whenever they're making a noise over here, there's one behind you that's not making any noise. Uh, there's a lot of attributes to them that people uh, pass off as mystical or supernatural that if you're knowledgeable about certain things, you know that no, it's not. Uh, it's just like animals being able to camouflage themselves and being able to remain still and silent in the woods because they have to do it to survive. To us, it, it's amazing. We can't believe that it's possible, but for them, they can do it. Uh, so things like hearing them come in and then not hearing them exit, that didn't really bother me. Um, but then there was that one time uh, where, and I, DJ, I've told you this story where I heard something running down the trail. It crosses the road in front of me, goes down yes. the trail on the other side. And what I saw was the leaves moving and rustling like something was running by it. I saw a large blacked out silhouette that I could only describe as like what people describe a shadow person looks like in the dark. Uh, it was the size roughly of what I consider to be a Bigfoot. It was, I'm six foot two and it was taller than me by about a foot maybe. And yeah. uh, I didn't hear its feet hitting the pavement as it crossed the road just about 20 feet away from me. I should have heard something of that size. If that had been a person running barefoot or in shoes, I mean, clonk, clonk, clonk. I quickly got up to the trail where it had just gone down and there was nothing there. The leaves weren't moving, nothing. It was like it had just completely vanished. And I don't have an explanation for that. And that was in the same location that I had my sighting the first night through a night vision scope where everything about it was a physical creature. So yeah, it's certainly possible. There's definitely things going on in the woods that we don't understand yet. That, I think that's the key uh, to it right there. Because if you could have answered that question. Uh, oh, oh, and Tim says, hey, fam, my middle name is Michael. <laughs> All right, Tim, that would have been uh, three Michaels in the chat, which puts us, I think, at our limit, according to StreamYard. I'm kidding. All right. Um, but what you've said is if you could answer that question, uh, Matt, you would be the star of the entire Bigfoot community because that that's the, these are the questions that that have not and and I won't say cannot be answered, but have not been answered for generations. Right. I mean, so, are we dealing with one thing, though? That's no. the, that's the thing that, that, that that's one of the things that surprises me the most is if someone is out in the woods looking for Bigfoot and they experience something strange, they automatically attribute it to Bigfoot. And I think there's more than just Bigfoot out there. And I'm not talking about just dogmen either. Uh, you know, lots of people talk about dogmen being out there. But what I'm talking, talking about, about Willis. I'm talking about all sorts of things, man. If a demon can be in my house, a demon can be in the woods. If a ghost can be in my house, a ghost can be in the woods. Multidimensional sorry, those, beings, everything else. I'm sorry. Those demons are restricted to the front door. They cannot exit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so, so I, that's a really good point that I hadn't even thought of. So we're going to get to that with Blake's question as well. But let's finish up with Michael. Michael, what I would say to you is this. 
Um, Deb might get sick and throw up now because she's been hearing me say this for the past two years. But try not to think in terms of it's this or it's that. Try to think in terms of it could be this and that. Right? So uh, Matt saw the flesh and blood creature through the night vision. Matt had a situation where he heard it but could not physically see it but saw the leaves move. And also, could there be a component where they're interacting, uh, where there's there's an interdimensional component that none of us are, can can say or, or can even prove at this point until someone says, I saw one step out of a portal. So is that possible? Yes, it's possible. Um, but what's, you know, what the overwhelming proof is, is physical creature that procreates, defecates, breaks trees, rocks, wood knocks, the whole nine yards, uh, throws rocks at people when they're fishing at the place that they like to get uh, fish, etc. So um, hold on, I'm getting this uh, to let me copy this link and send it to to Mr. Tim real quick. Um, there we go. Sometimes these links die, believe it or not, and they don't. I've given I've had to give people the link and and sometimes you give it to them again and it works. But anyway, uh, Michael, I would say be open to the possibility to, to put it in in just in straight terms. Be open to the possibility that there certainly is a flesh and blood uh, creature that, that's walking around. Also, there may be a ghost uh, uh, aspect to it that, that we're not that we can't prove yet. Uh, and there also may be an interdimensional component. And if you keep your mind open that way, you won't say somebody's lost because they don't agree with your hypothesis. Uh, they just haven't maybe expanded their aperture yet. Uh, but you could also expand yours and I can ex expand mine as well. All right, let's go to Blake. Okay, Blake uh, says, why does, and this is going to you, Miss Deb, why does the demon seem to fit the profile within a Christian upbringing context i have fought them as an adult and it stemmed from being a jehovah's witness at birth till i was 12 years old what's interesting blake is you picked the one night when nathan who has a master's in religion is not here and went to seminary and it would be perfect if, if he were here but but deb's uh, you were brought up with a catholic education yes. uh, what say you ma'am well, I think when you talk to religious people, which I have as of late, there's a way to put things in context in terms of religion in general. Um, we tend to fall back in, on uh, our schemas, our understanding of the world. Um, and in religion in particular, there's a big emphasis on good and evil. So if we see something acting in a way that's not what we would expect to be good, then we call them demons essentially you know and and or tricksters or jinn depending on your culture you know um so i believe that that's the issue it, i think it's just a matter of context and i believe sometimes some of those religious texts were trying to describe what they were dealing with um and they they fall on words like demon so you know, it's sort of like which came first, the uh, the chicken or the egg. And doc, Dr. Pasolka, if you listen to some of her interviews, maybe the most recent one with Concrete, um, basically, oh, no, that that's fine. That's fine, Blake. Just, you know, um, 
whenever those questions come up, it's really good to have someone who spent a significant amount of time studying it. But Dr. Pasolko said that um, uh, that that she believes that that the descriptions of angels, uh, some of them, uh, some of them look uh, uh, like like the Greys did. So let me let me hide this here because our special guest is here. I'm gonna have to come up now. Here it is. So thank you for that question. Uh, but uh, thank goodness for uh, my brother Tim Halloran from uh, Bigfoot Influencers because he was able to reach out to my man, our special guest tonight, uh, and he has joined us. So uh, without uh, without further ado, party people, put those hands together for Mister Doug. Hi, check. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Can I get an amen for Doug Hitchcock? I made it. I made it. I made it. Sorry about Hallelujah. that. Hallelujah. How are you, <clears throat> sir? I couldn't. I couldn't comprehend. My day could have gotten any busier. So I didn't yeah. even check my calendar towards the end of the day, and I should have. And I apologize. It's it's okay, brother. We are all good. We're yeah. we're happy and honored to have you. And um, even even late, we're still happy to have you. And um, you know what? The, the first mystery that I want you to unlock for me is yeah. uh, is 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 the Doug High check and the Jeff Harding mystery, because yeah, go ahead. I listen, <laughs> I listen to the podcast. I listen to your network, yeah, uh, of shows, which is called what it is it the unknown what what is it Untold called Radio Network, yeah, Untold Radio Network. Yep. So you yep. guys check that out. Uh, so the Untold Radio Network has hosts. He has hosts. Uh, he has Bigfoot influencers. He has uh, Doctor Russ and Brad Kennan, right? Yep, wide open he, research. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Down South Anomalies, who are awesome, a uh, husband and wife team. Uh, which I wondered, I, because I, she's always interrupting. I'm like, oh, they're husband and wife. Totally makes sense. Um, <laughs> and and then Jeff's show. What is Jeff's show called? Pine Island Research. Pine Island Research, yes. also from Minnesota. Correct. Okay, can you? Are you sure that you are not Jeff Harding? Like, have you guys ever been in the same place, <laughs> photographed or filmed at the same time? No, we haven't. So there you go. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> oh my God, Doug Hijack! You are Jeff Harding. No, I'm not. But anyhow, You're not? but yeah, it's, but Jeff had to cut back, okay. and we're hoping he'll start recording again here by the end of the month. And um, he just wanted to spend more time with his kid and his family. And God knows, oh, you know, it's like terrible things. I mean, who, who yeah. should want to do that? Right. But but we love Jeff. And hopefully at the very least, damn it, he's going to be co-hosting shows. So awesome. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. We'd like to, uh, yeah, we to like get him Jeff. on. I'll uh, get him on the show one of these yeah. times. But I'm like, when I listen, I'm like, Tim, I mean, I'd call Tim Haller and I go, Tim. Doug sounds exactly like Jeff. Are these the same person? What's going on here? Oh, no. But you're not the same person. Nope, Just Minnesota accent no. is the only thing. Yeah, it could be. Where, where, so where are you from, DJ? Okay, I'm from New York. Oh, actually. Okay. I'm an Air Force guy, career Air Force guy. Cool. Um, about 30 years in government. Uh, and what can I say? I love UFOs, Bigfoot, and paranormal. I'm so just I. really weird. So, so do I. I love it when I'm not alone. If I'm alone, I don't like any of it. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. man. And you know what? Um, so I've heard Jeff's encounter. I would love you. You had an encounter. Jeff's was when he was like, was it twelve or fifteen years no, old? No, he was. Yeah, he was like about fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Yeah. And when? What was yours? Oh my God! I was probably my first kind of weird encounter in the woods. 
I was probably about maybe 1920. Mm-hmm. I was young and my uncle had invited us up deer hunting mm-hmm. and he had this all planned and it was me and his sons, my cousins and my best friend. We all went up there. I love my uncle. We were really close and he had made these beautiful deer stands about a quarter mile apart up in ore right on the Canadian border, literally just feet awesome. from the Canadian border, thick forest. And he puts me up on my tree stand at like four in the morning, pitch dark. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I had never gone deer hunting ever, first time. But I was a grouse hunter and I had done other types of bird hunting. So I'm sitting on the deer stand and the sun starts coming up. And all of a sudden I hear what sounds to me like um, gorilla beating his chest really loud. I mean, my whole body was shaking from the base. And I was like, oh my God, what is that? And all of a sudden I got blasted with stink terrible smell smelling rotten flesh that i covered my face with my hood my coat my scarf and i'm breathing through all this stuff and then everything left as quick as it all came but here's where it gets weird i go back to camp at noon for everybody's going to meet at camp safety check all that stuff go back to camp and everybody in the hunting party had the same exact experience and my cousin mark said i think that was a big foot and I'm like, what? <laughs> it's Minnesota. Oh, Bigfoot's in Minnesota. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, they're here. <laughs> and I was like, well, how else? And we're all talking about it. How else do you explain this? What I could only uh, categorize as intimidation behavior. That's all I could you say. Guys, you guys must have like a huge population there. I, I, I'd say huge because we don't know. But I, I, I would think you'd have a significant population there compared to the rest of the country but but here's the thing dj no one wants to talk about it up here bunch of stubborn you know people from the old country in minnesota they see a bigfoot it's just like Uh, yeah that's it the end of it they're gonna talk about it they're gonna even if they see with their wife they're not even gonna discuss it to what do you attribute that to like it's the german norwegian heritage here it's just a lot of really kind of, um, I don't know how to put it. I don't really want to say stubborn, but kind of indifferent to things. So if they see something, they're going to blame themselves. They're the ones that were, they were, they were not looking close enough. They were the one that screwed up. They were, the, you know, they'll blame themselves because it couldn't possibly be. So they're just, it's over. But what I love is dragging stories out of people. And I'm not lying. It takes me up to two years of nagging people to get them. Because I know I can see right through when I say to somebody, have you had a Bigfoot sighting? And they go, no. I can see right through their BS. <laughs> and it's usually, you know, usually it's the other way around. Someone says they have one and you're looking at their BS. Not in Minnesota. It's the opposite. You got to look at them and go, have you got a Bigfoot sighting? And they'll just re- instantly, no. And, and you know, you're a damn liar. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I'll just keep asking them and asking them. It's like, come on. And there was a good, great example. It was a friend of mine really close to, a Jibway man, just an amazing guy, just fun to be with. Great. And I kept asking him, I know damn well you had a Bigfoot. No, I didn't. He was also like a wildlife supervisor of the tribe and, Kept bugging him, kept bugging him, kept bugging him, bugging him. Three years 
were all out to dinner with his parents. And out of the blue, he just goes, okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> you're like, and you're like, I knew it. Yeah. And then he, I, we're just like, and I hadn't even asked him that day. It was one of the few days I hadn't asked him. And he tells the story and his mother, who was like 80 years old, literally laid into him and slugged him in the arm and said, why didn't you tell us? <laughs> so there, there you go. If that's Minnesota in a nutshell, there it is. Great people, it. good people. They'll do anything for you. But man, they're not going to tell you about their sighting. A UFO could land in their backyard and it's just like, Marthy, do you see that? <laughs> no. Shut the curtains <laughs> at the end of it. That is so hilarious. Yeah, oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you for oh. making me laugh. And yeah. by the way, one of my favorite uh one of my favorite pilots uh and favorite officers I flew with is uh Troy Broskovitz from Evolith, Minnesota. So Troy, rock there on brother. Go. Ask ask Troy. Ask Troy exactly if he doesn't agree with me. I will I will ask him this. Uh he flies for FedEx or, or UPS. I always get confused well, that, which of my friends are. Yeah, Evelyn is which. where my my fam my mother was born there. Evelyn, yeah. In fact, I got a call from Evelyn last night. Swear to God, from my cousin, who I haven't talked to in years, who decided we just we just started talking about what happened to us when we were young about the the deer hunting. That that ah. Oh, and I'm gonna God. get him. I said he's like, yeah, I'll come on your podcast. I'll talk about it. Hell, you better. He's your cousin. Uh, but so he's shout out one to of the few that lives up in that area that would trust me. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to ask Troy about this. Um, he's he's uh, he's struggling a little bit right now with um, the UAP disclosure aspect because Troy. I mean, he's a retired colonel. He's mm -hmm. very very concerned about national security, and and so that's sort of his angle. And you know, he's having trouble juggling. You know, David Grush saying that. Yeah. This needs to come out. That there is he one happening. of those guys that says, "I used to believe in UFOs until the government admitted they were real." Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, no. I mean, oh. Troy believes it. Troy's been on the show. Actually, he oh, was on okay. a show with me. We had Chris Lato, the F sixteen pilot, who's mm -hmm. pretty big in our community, and and I had Troy. We did like a pilot episode, and he told some stories about me and so forth. So it was, it was fun. So he does believe in it. But as far as the grand disclosure of these SAP programs that are very secret, yeah. it makes him, I also have a friend who's a Navy SEAL. It makes him uncomfortable because these okay. guys are have TSSCI clearances. And I, I, you I, and I need to have like an offline conversation about um, just about crush and that whole thing. And I, I sent you an email about that and I can enlighten you a little on what I know about the mechanism. Oh, yeah, you did. It was a while back, too, wasn't it? Yes, sir. I read that with great interest. Yeah, so if you, um, if I will, you know, I've sent you my phone number, and if we connect, we can get into that. But before I go further, I want to introduce, uh, we don't have Nate, uh, some of our co-hosts tonight, but uh, I, I, I do have uh, one of the originals here, Deb. She's a mental health professional uh, and a, a, a uh, researcher and analyst of UAP. So say hello to Mr. Highcheck, ma'am. Hi, nice to meet you. Welcome hey, to the show. Hey, is am I talking to Deb? Yes, that's that is me. Deb. Oh, hey Deb, it's good, good, great to meet you. And uh, you may have heard of uh, Matt Knapp, host of Bigfoot Crossroads, Bigfoot Outlaw, somebody who's been yep. researching uh, for a couple of decades. So, Matt. Hey, Matt. Matt. Hey. <laughs> I literally recognize his icon. <laughs> well, then I've done my job. You've done your uh, job. I recognize your icon's almost famous. Oh wow! 
I, I love it. Um, it, it. Matt always does these pauses when I introduce him, and they're just these pregnant pauses are wonderful. Um, we also <laughs> what do you call the, those pregnant pauses? Pregnant pauses. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Oh my god, that's so good. Right. I know you're a film guy. I mean, who am I talking to here? Um, you're a film director, uh, director of Legend Meets Science, director of Monster Quest that I mean, I even have friends in the UK that, that are fans of that. So um, and now Legend Meets Science 2 is uh, is upcoming and we're going to yep, get into that. Works. But, yep. but Deb, uh, excuse me, uh, Julie, thank you. You're the best chat moderator there is. Thank you for putting that up there. Untold Radio Network on YouTube. I listen to it on Apple Podcast and I'm sure you can find it on Spotify and everywhere. Yep. They have a great variety of, of shows there. That's the main thing. What What's awesome about this network? Thank you. Yeah, we, I think um, we do. Oh, we have a new show about to start up in September called Grasping Bigfoot. That's what they um, hosted by a scientist. So it should be interesting. I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. It's just getting better, man. I, I, I dig that kind of that kind of variety, you know, different takes, different uh, attitudes. Uh, I heard I heard some great stuff on, on there. Uh, Matt, so take it away. Maybe your first question for Mr. Highcheck. Uh, well, first, congratulations on the successful campaign for Legend yeah. Meet Science yeah. 2. What uh, happened, baby? Uh, I am a contributor. I fully expect to see my names in the credits as promised. You will. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm just going to put your icon. <laughs> yeah, just do that. If you can just throw my URL up there, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> Matt, we can as a joke. We can actually put your name and your icon there. <laughs> that would be awesome. You'll be the only one with an icon. I got the exclusive. There you go. Uh, we'll give you the exclusive icon. <laughs> Actually, you need to donate like 10 bucks more. We'll throw the icon in. Hey, I would do I'm it. I'm joking. <laughs> I would do it. Now, what I really want, though, I'm sorry, DJ. I'm going to have to hijack it. I go want ahead, a Monster Quest hat, man. You oh had sent God. one to <laughs> Lauren Coleman. Oh, my God. I have, I'm looking at two of them, the last two in the world right here. It's I been, I don't even know how long ago. You, how bad do you want it, Matt? Really bad. You had posted a picture of one, I think. Or maybe it was just some kind of promo and it had one in the promo. And oh, I yeah. left a comment saying, how do I get that hat? And you said well, you had sent it to Lauren so, Coleman. And so. Lauren wouldn't give me the hat. He, he no, wouldn't give no, it up. No, no, no. Uh, Actually, I had, a, I had a guy call me. And it's funny because he's a friend of mine. He calls me and he goes, guess what I just did? I'm like, what? He goes, I just paid $496 for a Monster Quest hat with your signature <laughs> on it. I said, what did you do that for? I'm your buddy. I would have given you one, but anyhow. Well, I mean, I I know you're not going to give up too much, but what can we expect to see in Legend Meet Science 2? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, uh, that's a long list. Today we had a meeting on, we're going to, we're doing some field efforts, which are unique. One is a, um, Adam is up right now, 30 day, it's camping alone, 30 days in northern Minnesota by the Canadian border. We have as many as 27 cameras live. These are small cameras that are um, uh, record constantly, constant recording, or they'll record certain events. But um, for the last about week, we've had all of the IR lights turned off. Because we've had a really good moon that's been light and just giving us a beautiful image out in the forest, all over camp surrounding his tent, because Adam is bait. And I'm not joking. He's had already two huge slaps against his tent. He, he was freaked out. He calls me up one morning. He didn't call me up when it was happening, but 
he claims that there was something huge and big breathing inches from his head in the tent that was just you know just like right out right through the canvas and 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 that went on for quite a while then his wife had a came up to do a conjugal visit you know that is he went up there for a few minutes 30 days in the woods man yeah exactly you know you you can't blame it so he goes she goes up there first night she's up there um she falls asleep but she's on pins and needles right so she hears a zipper of the tent open up just the front zipper of the tent door open up all the way and she's looking at the tent door but it's not opening she's like really confused then she realizes it's the sound is coming from behind the tent. There's no zippers back there. Then she looks and she oh, maybe Adam unzipped his sleeping bag. She looks at him, sleeping bag zipped up, and he's sound asleep. He's asleep, yes. Then this. she's thinking, oh, crap. Something just mimicked the tent zipper sound. That's, that's, that's not my words. I'm just passing on, you know, what I'm, what I've heard. And uh, that's the kind of, it gives you a taste of some of the activity. They found a footprint up there the other day that was 16 inches long and three inches deep. And other footprints were, you could see where it walked out of this peat bog and walked in again. So stuff like that's going on, but we haven't gotten the big guy yet. So, but we have nine days left. Tonight's, tonight's operation, baby's crying. Mm. So we have a different operation name every night. And I can watch these live, which is really cool. Is, so is I, Alex I Highcheck swapping out SD cards as we speak? No, <laughs> no, no. Actually, you know, I get to I get to monitor them all on my phone. Oh, awesome! And then what I can do is I can I have groups of cameras, like the tent group, or the woods group, or this or the left part of the the woods, or the right part of the woods. And we've done things like Operation Ring of Fire, where everything's off. And then if we hear anything, boom, we can hit a button and they all come on. Or we can do, we did last night, we did Operation Dead Battery, where we premature, pre- prematurely pretended the batteries went dead. And that's what's precipitated the other uh, uh, activity, if that makes any sense. So we thought we would recreate that, but the batteries aren't dead. So if we hear anything, Adam or flip all the cameras on even without the IR lights because we taped them off so we can flip on the cameras without disturbing anybody or anything hopefully and then start recording so we're doing different things we're trying to be really creative so all all I can say is that 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 incident where it was breathing next to uh, him as he was sleeping in the tent is the reason why we need adult diapers is for scenarios exactly yes <laughs> That's exactly. And you know what? First off, Adam's got um, um, gonads the size of Manhattan. Yeah. For staying in the woods alone with all this activity. Because I'll like I'll wake him up at like two in the morning and say, Adam, Adam. <laughs> I'll say, I'll get back. What? Because the cameras have two-way communication. Uh-huh. Each camera. So and I'll say, I need you to do get up and make a couple of hood knocks. Please. <laughs> and he's like, F you. I'm like, no, Adam, really. I really want you to. I've got you covered. I'm seeing the, I see the whole camp. Perfect. You're good. You're clear. Okay. Just a second. And it's like the stuff this guy does. And I'm like, God, you are brave. 
Oh my god! I, I, seriously, man, I can't believe you made Doug. You are so cruel. But <laughs> let me pass. Yeah, this actually, you know what? And then here's what's really crazy. He's getting out of the damn camp, and we're heading up to even way up there, way up by the, and we're getting pushed in the Arctic where there's caribou. So me and him are going up there after this whole ordeal. So the poor guy gets like one or two days home, and then we're heading up to the uh, Arctic or subarctic areas. You're going to have to drag him out of his house, grab the collar of his jacket. Yeah, I was going to say, you better have he's the motor no, running He's at totally the curb. fine with it. He's like, I, what did I call him yesterday? I said, oh, Tarzan. An idiot? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I hope Adam never sees this. No, um, this is I awesome. called him Tarzan. I, I salute you, Adam. That's what I have yeah. to say. That's what, you know, I think, you know, and I said to Adam, I said, dude, if we can nail footage, because of the effort, and there's so many people you know, aware of this. I said, we will throw you a ticker tape parade. Literally. Absolutely, man. That is like you said, 30 days in that kind of, uh, that kind of terrain alone, pretty isolated. He's probably pretty isolated. Know, no, it's yeah. damn scary where he is. Scary. It's isolated. Really okay. isolated. Yeah. It's okay. He's got a swamp behind him, but just mm -hmm. a bunch of trees and brush. And then on the right, it's just old growth forest as far. I mean, forever. And then on the other side, it's it's a little bit younger growth, but it goes forever. And it's just, there's one ATV trail like a half a mile away and nobody uses it. He hasn't seen really much any. He's seen one person, but here's the clincher, guys. He has no vehicle. Oh my God. <laughs> this is where it gets literally really brave. He has no vehicle. Okay. Nothing. He Doug, let me just say this now because let's just get this out of the way. I want to book Adam on the show when he when he's back in civilization. Absolutely. Oh my Assuming God. He, he deserves you bring it. him back not in pieces. If you yes. can bring back the, yeah. the, somebody, the entire somebody, Adam. Somebody in chat the other day said, maybe we'll get footage of Adam being eaten alive. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> and Adam, was Adam was actually, Adam was on my show. And then we beamed after the show. We let people see what we were, you know, we just put one camera up on YouTube so people could understand. And Adam gave a whole tour of the camp and, and it was really cool. I think it's probably still up there. I can, that, I can send you a link and you can put it in your, of that particular tour. Absolutely, man. And yeah. he is 100%. We want him. All right. On the I'm going to, I'm going to personally tell him tonight. Please, thank you. Yes, and uh, it, definitely you should get some confetti or something. I don't know. <laughs> I will. I, we will pull out all the cabbie tricks. Hopefully, oh, we'll have you. the full okay. house. Uh, we will celebrate him. I promise you. He, he deserves, deserves it. it. Uncommon valor is what he they call that. Debs. And, and <laughs> somebody, I think it was Michael. I'm looking at the comments. Says, "Hey, Doug, are Bigfoot's indigenous or dimensional, um, or both, or whatever? What do you think?" I have no idea. I've been studying these things for going on 35 years i have zero idea that's why i'm willing to try everything and anything because i do know this there's, here's what i will tell you michael there are no perfect creatures anywhere in the universe period no perfect creatures did you say maybe god is but that's it you know right. maybe if you, right. you know but i don't think there's any perfect sub creatures and what perfect. does that mean? In what context do you um, say that? Meaning they're going to have a weakness. They're going to be able to be learn. We can learn something about them. Um, we should be able to photograph them possibly. So I just don't think that um, something can fool everything 100%. Look at the Patterson-Gimlin footage. 
I believe well, it's real. I've studied it probably as much as anybody. 100%. Um, and I was the one that discovered the hernia on the right leg, on the thigh. That was amazing. That, I just saw that in your movie. Amazing. And so, so that, it's things like that that I thought, well, this is overlooked. No one ever talked about this. It's kind of weird. So I did that. I've done, um, studied the gait, which is far more than just a, a bent knee gait. There's also this Peruvian gait. Look up a Peruvian horse, the way it walks, because they're the only naturally gated horse. And they, they're designed, they, they climb mountains. And so they don't teach him this weird gait. That's the way Patty walks. In and out, really twisted legs, uh, splayed legs that, that splay out and then splay in, knock kneed. Man, there's a very complicated gait. And so one of the things we're going to do in Legend Meets Science, um, uh, which we didn't in one, we did, we showed how the walk is, but we're going to get far more detailed this time. I would love to see that. It would be great to see them either from straight on in, in front of them at your right. 360 That's or what from we their, did. their right. 6 we did that position in, to see that. Right. We did that in one, but we actually put it on a treadmill, a treadmill, a circular treadmill. So you can study it walking forward in front of it, above it. That's when you learn. But we're going to have really like 2023 animation to really show it. Um, and I think it'll be mind blowing to people. I, we can I prove mean, that's the way it's walking. It's quite easy and, to um, prove it. I, I have a question for you, but I got to get our uh, my co-host Debs in here. We'll go in this round round robin sure. format where sure. we'll the three of us will get in there. Go ahead, Debs, please. Yeah, actually, my question was going to be tied into Michael's, but my question is: um, you have a history of doing work that documents nature in general, yeah. um, and I feel like that there must be a sense of you know that bigfoot's just part of nature i wondered if that is sure. something that you could speak to a little sure. bit yeah absolutely um uh, first off we know very little about if, uh, if we think we know little about bigfoot we know little about all of our wildlife and that's a i'm trying to adjust my volume here um, there we go um we know very little about deer wolves raccoons skunks possums muskrats beavers all of this is just normal, common animals. They're not common. None of them are. They all have amazing things they're doing that we don't know about. I've tried to unlock some of those things. For instance, I worked two years to put a camera in a beaver lodge. Two years it took of chiseling, chopping very carefully because we didn't want to you know, scare the beavers to move out. Right. So we had to be very diligent. We do it in the wintertime. In fact, Matt Moneymaker helped me one time. Wow. chiseling at this beaver dam wow. and we would go out there in short spurts but every few weeks to chisel finally we broke through put a camera in there an infrared camera tiny infrared camera put it in there in a tube um and i had to do it so they would um they wouldn't try to feel a draft and then seal it up which was kind of tricky i didn't want to give away you know, all the, the weird crap I did to get that trade craft, but literally within maybe 10 minutes of walking back to home base, we flip on a monitor and literally all we see are muskrats. I went, what in the world's going on here? Whole family of muskrats. And they're all working on the ground, the uh, grass and the beaver lodge. And all of a sudden a huge beaver comes in. And I look at my research associate, Lynn Rogers, and I go, 
what is going on here? And he looks at me like, ooh, this is going to be interesting. So we watched and filmed a whole winter of the muskrats grooming the beavers. Wow. Um, taking care of the, the ground, the beavers working on the ceiling and walls, the total cooperation, never any fighting. Wow. And we, we kind of sur surmised that the muskrats were grooming the beavers to get all these parasites as a symbiotic relationship to eat the parasites that were found in the beaver's fur. And um, at one point, we documented four mammal species in the beaver lodge because there's also mice that live there full time in the winter. They're all working together. The mice are doing their thing, the muskrats, the beavers. And this has never been seen. Now, you remember since the dawn of man, no one had ever seen this in history except me and Lynn. And we were filming it and doing all this every day, gathering more data. Then the female got pregnant. And we're thinking, oh, this is going to get really interesting. Right. Are the muskrats going to babysit? Are they? <laughs> there you go, Deps. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, and people laugh when I say the word, you know, uh, muskrats and beavers. They always think that's funny. Uh, but, but we were like, no one knows about this except we did find an uh, a native legend that talked about it but still it's not science we're documenting every day right. every day and doing diaries and notes and just now that is um being written into a scientific paper which wow. will be my second published scientific paper that'll be published hopefully in the journal of animals the first one was filming the first well uh, black bears giving birth and how they take care of their cubs. And I was the first person to film with a tiny camera under a wild mother bear, the Canadian border, to see her naked little cubs just born, you know, just these tiny wow. little. And I used the thing called a uh, cub probe that I invented and had all these articulating little micro rods on it that we could kind of control the camera. But so the point was, God, we don't know anything about anything. Right. That's this is my bottom line. I'm a I'm just a citizen scientist that's just curious about this crap. Right? I'm just curious. I was born in care. I drove my dad crazy. I drove my mom crazy. So that's what I've done. Oh, no, we filmed the first giant squid ever in history. That was just, you know, whatever, blind luck. I don't know. But we had a plan that we actually executed and did it. First Architeuthis ducks ever filmed in history, confirmed. Um, What's that? Say that again. Scientists. Pardon? Say that again. What's the animal? Architeuthis ducks is wow. the scientific name for the giant squid. It never oh, been filmed okay. in its natural habitat. Yeah, dead ones, caught ones on hook and line that were small, but this was a living specimen that was at least 54 feet long. It was the biggest oh, I ever God. filmed in history. Yeah. So once again, Smithsonian and all these top scientists didn't have the ideas we did. And the only reason I probably thought of it is because I don't know damn squirt. I don't know anything. So I didn't have all these biases against me. Does that make sense? I didn't, I didn't there was no biases. And I did, try to approach every topic without a bias. Don't, I, don't judge. Don't this, don't that. Somebody says to me, Doug, uh, light incense and say a prayer. and Maybe that'll work. I'll do it. I don't care. Maybe it will. Right. Exactly. I, I want to thank Deb for this question because I had no Great idea question, all that information that you just came out with. 
The second thing I want to say is, Doug, I would like a link after this. Uh, I'll email you for that that Beaver Lodge video because I have seen some Beaver Lodge. The one I saw may have been attributed to you. I don't because it was before I was uh, doing any research or uh, on Bigfoot. But that is absolutely fascinating. Uh, and just as you said, you it, you couldn't have said it any better. Is there's some we think we know so much about the quote known animal world so how could we even know about this thing that clearly is so intelligent exactly. that has figured out how to avoid us not a hundred percent of the time because they're not as you said they're not a hundred percent successful yeah, right nothing's perfect you said that at the beginning of the show uh and clearly they're not because people have had class a's where they they saw the creature before the creature saw them and then the creature saw them and did whatever you know yes. decided yep, to do absolutely yep. so people so, have yeah, uh, they have we just, um, so much we don't know bumped into them in cases where the bigfoot was not even aware of the person yes right and i've heard a number of those accounts so that was an amazing question deb yeah it Um, really was but along with that they're obviously extremely smart i could tell you stories all night of ways they've made me feel like the coyote in the roadrunner cartoon yeah over and over and over again like it's just never ends well, look no. what they do with the Area X. They've been there for, what, yeah. five years, six yeah. years, seven? I'm not even sure how many years they've been there, and they're able to avoid them. They both yeah. are in the same general location. So That's yeah, really interesting. Would you guys mind if I just run and grab a water? Please, Please. yes, I sir. do that. I came off a hard bike ride to get back. Because <laughs> Tim called me. I'm, I'm literally at a crosswalk. Tim's calling me, and all he hears is, Walk. <laughs> And I can only imagine what was going through Tim's mind. Anyway, I'll be right back. Go ahead, brother. All right. Go ahead. Um, So I'm going to ask him, guys, uh, and you can open your mics. I'm going to ask him about the AI and if he thinks that if if, uh, when these trail cams, when they, uh, you know, are able to uh, input AI into their logic and they can move and come on and off if if he thinks that will be successful or that if Bigfoot will sniff that out as well. And feel free to react to that, Matt, Deb. <laughs> I'm not reacting to that. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, it's interesting is that given enough time, um, it seems like some of these um, other species are starting to pick up what we're doing, right? And uh, I think Bigfoot maybe did so faster because they're probably closer to us than we think, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I just heard about gorillas taking apart traps that had been put out and learning to do that. So, yeah, they might be able to figure some of these things out. Um, We've heard Bigfoot doing that as well, by the way. Right. Well, I think they probably figured out a lot of things a lot faster. And it looks like they study us, too. Oh, Um, yeah. There's no question. Um, Doug, so this is here's my question, uh, which won't be as good as Deb's, but... um, (laughs) So uh, there are a couple guys uh, This started a few years ago, and I think the company has rolled over. But basically what they've done is they've pointed a cameras at the sky yeah. and their AI basically is, is scanning the sky yeah. Yeah. And, and anything it sees that it can apply logic to. Yeah. That is an insect. That's a I, bird. Yeah. That's a yeah. 737. Yeah. And then it just doesn't count that in the data. And then if it sees something it doesn't know, it, it puts a data marker there, something anomalous moving in a way that it doesn't understand. Do you think if we apply that to these trail cams, that sort of AI, do you think that could 
bridge a certain gap, or do you think that Bigfoot will sniff that out as well, like they do the other? Well, AR I don't think they'd be aware of AI. All of our cameras are AI, and that's we're doing that right now. Oh, they. Oh, really? Okay. Oh God, yes. Wow. In okay. Fact, it was funny too because if I don't use AI, we just get flooded because every bugle set off a a clip, uh-huh. you know, and then we have. So we have collected about two hundred thousand clips now. Mm-hmm. We still <clears throat> have to go through every one of them by hand. Okay. We have to. So, so it discriminates against something that it knows. It's that... right now. Yeah, we have a set for people, which is you know, okay. a hominid or whatever these things are, upright. But um, uh, we may miss something. We just always have some cameras continuously recording. Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee you every single clip of footage will be gone through with a fine-tooth comb. Um, for instance, I was going through footage the other night, and lo and behold, we filmed a huge fireball. Just beautiful. Yeah, really wow. amazing footage. But um, you're not going to see stuff like that unless you go through every clip. What was the fireball? What was what did you attribute that to? Well, I would imagine it was some kind of bullet or, you know, it was just a meter, but it was a big fireball. I mean, it was significant. And and, and we recorded the explosion. I made a sonic boom. So. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Cool. Yep. Yep. This is amazing. See, I didn't even know that. So it's set for people. And then after you, you review all this data, when the you'll be able to figure out if there's sure. some... Fissure between uh, what it would see as a person and what what a, a Bigfoot what characteristics. Right, I can I can right. maybe pull up an example here. I'd have to probably just hold it in front of the camera. Let me pick a day here and give you an example and kind of something that'll. Okay, here's some. Um, <clears throat> one Adam had company, and I will play this. Let me turn the volume down. But you can see the boxes grabbing the people. So let me rewind it. Maybe it'll show up. Let me get it big and see if we can. Yeah, there we go. Well, it's got some glare. Okay, do you see that green box? Uh, Yes. It grabs it. I know it's just kind of weird here. Yep, it's in the center of the yep. people. Yep. yep, I see it. But it grabs the box. That's what's interesting. So, and that's, everything is surrounded by a green box that we record. But once again, we have some, many, we have 20, you know, so 27, 27 cameras yep. on save. We keep, I think the most we've had running at once is 22. But they're awesome. all over. They're in the woods. They're in, you know, camp. They're just, we're trying to cover our butts. I, I can't wait. That's legend meets science <clears throat> too. Yes. Uh, Doug uh, was able to hit his goal in terms of the Kickstarter. So that project is off and running and uh, can't wait to see that. And I, I was going to mention, if I can, sure. um, Please. yes, we did hit goal, but we'll churn through this budget so quick. Um, <clears throat> so if people still want to be in the credits, like Matt yeah. with his icon, they can go to <laughs> Hangar One Publishing. They can still pre-order the doc and get their name in the credits. Okay, and will... help it would help support us tremendously. We need the money before we do it. We don't even care about the money after we do it. We just need. We we hope all the money is just spent towards research, um, and forensic science, and really cool um, animation and things that will really raise the bar, because we're going to bring forth twenty four new categories of evidence. 
Yeah, and yeah, uh, Jules, if you, you if you could grab that link so we could throw it up there. That's yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's a and Kickstarter it's hanger one with a numeral one hanger one with a it's H A N G A R one publishing, and there's a play. It'll say Legend Mead Science Support, and they could just pre-order the doc. So okay, that would help. All right, yeah, we will. I see it there, and we will. I will. We'll get that that link oh, up there you. for you. That's so yes, appreciated. Sir. Uh, the pleasure is I, I, all I can do is guarantee people we are we will spend the money on science like we're doing with the this huge camera project. Um, Adam's doing this for free. We're not like wasting money, you know. You yeah, know, Doug, we're paying Adam hundreds of dollars a day to do this. No, he's not making a penny. He he is. Yeah, we're we're already impressed with him. Matt, uh, your second question for Mister uh, Highcheck, sir. Uh, yeah, so. I had the pleasure a while back of uh, talking to a witness on my podcast mm. uh, from Colorado yeah. where some hairs were discovered in the general area of where he saw the creature. And he has informed me that those hairs are in your possession and that you have looked at them. Uh, what, um, well, what I'd have to, yeah, I, I do get a lot of hairs. And right now we're in the process. In fact, I just sent the labels to Derby Orcutt. He's one of the, they're one of the labs or his group of labs that will be testing, but we've got other labs, but we're labeling everything very carefully with the provider. Um, the fact they came from me, but they're provided by whoever collected mm -hmm. them. So they get credit and evidence number tag. So everything is being carefully organized and then photographed and then micro picked and a vetting everything. So they don't get, bare hair and they don't waste their efforts right. on you know common hair i'm pretty good at vetting hair and um if i'm in doubt they're gonna get it but if i have you know if i know for sure what a hair is um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna waste their efforts what are the markers you're looking for doug in, in terms of that those hair samples okay um uh the correct um uh tapered worn and naturally worn not cut it's never been cut. Okay. Okay. Human style length, meaning I'm not really into hairs that are just little nubs. Yes. Generally, those are belong to rabbits, cats, raccoons, things like that. Humans' hair grows quite quick. Bigfoot's hair has been known to be very long. They have very long hair off their arms. Um, and so I'm looking for a certain length range. Then I look at the scaling. So it has to have human scaling. So how could a human never have its hair cut, right? And have so much dirt in it that there's kind of like um, organic material almost embedded into it. And then no, no medulla or very little medulla, a very light grainy texture and wispy. Bigfoots have wispy hair. They do not, not have thick hair. They have they do not have thick hair. They have wispy hair. They have a dense wispy hair. It's very it's dense. So, so more, not more, like a horse's tail type thing. More more hairs per square inch. Does that make okay. sense? And it's not fur, it's hair. Right, right, right. As very to... similar to a baby's hair. Even from a black Bigfoot. It's similar to a baby's hair? Correct. Meaning what? Uh let's say a six month old baby. Eight mm -hmm. month old, under a year, finer, 
wispier. You know, when you get older, your hair gets coarser and coarser. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Babies have a very fine, wispy, very flexible, which is why it's soft. The reason babies have soft hair is so the mothers will take better care of them. You know, babies are cuddly and smell good and they're soft because that encourages mothers to take care of their babies. So You are so damn smart. Can't believe we both talk about Bigfoot because you're so much smarter. Um, Debs, <laughs> go ahead with your second question. Oh, my God, I am not smart. I, am I just wanted to opposite. point out I changed my subtitle to Bigfoot Babysitter for today. Oh, um, yeah, so, there you go. so, Doug, if you do know a Bigfoot that is in need, like you, you know that there's a couple there's and they want to go out for a night, Deb really wants to babysit. Well, here you so. go, Deb. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Okay. We will, we will, we will, we'll let you name our baby Bigfoot robot. Okay, I would appreciate we'll be that. Used. We are going to, we're doing bait cam because we got to try it. It's been very successful with every animal. So we're going to try a really sophisticated robot that's got camera eyes and it'll all be articulating and we'll let you, we'll let you name it. I already have I the name. It. I already have the name. I was a big fan of Harry and the Hendersons. Okay. So it's got to be Harry. Harry. Okay, <laughs> fine. We're, is it is it Harry Jr. or Harry, Baby Harry? Let's go with Harry. Certainly Harry. not Dirty Harry. That's already taken. Not we don't want to get Harry. Doug sued. So. Okay. Um, All right. So it's yeah. name. It's, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll give you to the end of the show to make up your mind. <laughs> he doesn't you like, like your name, that. Deb. Oh, yeah. It's okay. No, it's okay. If you don't marry it, Doug, no one knew you were going to be hilarious, man. Like Tim did not tell us how funny you were. So this oh, is just... I didn't know I was funny. It's first yes. I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. Uh, incredibly witty. Deb, did you have something, though, that you wanted to ask? Yes, him? I did. Um, so one thing that fascinates me is how humanity responds to revelations. Um, so when the gorillas were discovered by people who weren't indigenous to the area, who, right. by the way, were saying yes, we have gorillas. Um, when, when you know, citizen science or uh, cottons onto it and expose it to the world, people tried to exploit that yeah. uh, for some time. And the same thing happened with, of course, giant squid. I'm sure you realize. So, what are your thoughts about what the revelation might be like if you were successful with a film and Bigfoot for your project? Well, I'm just hoping it would just raise the bar a little bit, Deb. That's it my hope i don't i think it'll i think it'll be viewed as credible because of the great effort we've done um we're following a lot of protocols i think immediately it'll go to like you know uh, the people it'll go to academics it isn't going on youtube right away it's going to just go to all these academics and we'll just say here just release it um um and i just think it'll raise the bar because you cannot fake real you can't Fake real. You just can't. I don't give a crap. I've never seen a fake footage that looked real to me. Right. Because it's not real. Right. And you cannot fake a, a man and a, you know, you can say, well, you know, you, you watch a bear animation in a movie because they don't want to really have the, the actor injured. You right. know it's fake. Right. Right. It's just you can't fake real. Yeah. I don't, I think we're 20, 30 years before we'll get to that point. Even yeah, with AI, true. I think we're 20, 30 years before we're just so good where you could fake real. That's too many good. nuances. And that's the thing about the, the Patterson film. It's just, it it's so ridiculous that yeah. it, it look, it's so real and just so could not have been faked. Yeah. It's just absurd. Um, what I was going to ask you, 
Doug, with with all that that you know and all that you've said that collectively we don't know about Bigfoot. Right. And if you were to be blessed enough to have a class A encounter with an interpreter, what would you ask the creature if you knew that the interpreter could in, mm. could convey your question to it? That's a really good, it's such a good question. I have no idea how to answer that one. That's a good question though. Um, I would just, if it was, if I was there, I, was just, I would just say kind things. Mm-hmm. All I could do. What would you want it to know about you and your, your, your thoughts about it? What would you um, I would just probably, you know, talk about my journey of great respect of trying to fool you. <laughs> <laughs> And how you have uh, uh, fooled me every day, and I would just, you know, I would just give them kudos, and that's that's what I would convey. But it would be great respect. It was a great cat and mouse game, and you won for thirty five years, and I probably figured you 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 did what you did on purpose. No question. Yeah, Matt and I were talking. I was riding my bike home from the gym, speaking with Matt, and we were. T- mm. We were talking about that, you know, that there's no other animal that has that strategic and tactical yeah. thought process that they have to achieve their goal. And it just there's their intelligence. And that's why, you know, it's funny when people just say, oh, they're they're apes and gorillas. And, you know, that I, I could understand why. I mean, they're part yeah. of that family and we're you know, we're part of that family to a degree. But they're so intelligent that 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 wouldn't be the thing I'd be saying first. Yeah. The thing I'd be saying first is. My God, they're smart to be able to do what they do. You know, I can tell. I can tell you a quick. I can tell you just like one Please quick do. story. I got hundreds. You can of tell them. as this, many. As but you this want, is yeah. one that happened to me. Uh, it's one, just one of the chillions of things I've tried. I could write a book and all the things I've tried to do. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna get. Real. I was up at Snell Grove. If anybody knows where the Snell Grove cabin is, there was a. We did a show called Sasquatch Attacks. Because the cabin was attacked, wow. I went up there with Meldrum. I went up there with a, a, a geneticist, and the cabin, of course, got attacked. I'm just like I told them, it it happened to me when I was up there, and I would imagine they were skeptical, but they witnessed it. I mean, it was nuts. And this is what there's no roads. You get dropped out by a float plane. If you're all in the cabin and something's out there banging on the walls and throwing stuff at the roof and you're on your own. Well, you know it's not a human. Right, right. I've yeah, been going. I've, actually, I've been going to this cabin for 35 years. Never once ran into a human. Not once. I mean, when you're up there, and I've even gone up there alone. You are truly alone. Um, but um, I don't even know what the hell is I going with this. Um, so we were talking about their intelligence, oh, and yeah. um, you went up there with Meldrum and some others. Yeah, but oh, I was going to tell you of a thing I a thing I did one time. So um, another time I went up there with a, my son and some other people, and I thought, well, I'm going to do a completely analog trap, no cameras, but I'm just going to do an analog trap to know they're there. So I set up a stainless steel bowl as an offering, filled it with the most delicious stuff you could ever comprehend, fresh fruit. Fresh cooked bacon, fresh raw bacon, uh, wow. grilled this, grilled that, ungrilled. I mean, everything you know, eggs, 
<clears throat> raw eggs, cooked eggs. I mean, mm-hmm. but organized it in this beautiful big platter. Put it out for them. And of course, here's where I get dumb but sneaky. I take a, I managed to figure out a way to hook a two pound monofilament line to the bowl. Mm-hmm. Run this analog string through a thing through my window <laughs> and then i built a uh a pretty i mean it would take quite a bit of movement on the bowl to get this mechanical trap to go off let's say doesn't get touched doesn't get touched two days later um joe and my son and, uh, were out by the the fire all of a sudden a big tree goes down they run and they get inside the cabin and all of a sudden, and we're all talking about these trees. All of a sudden, my trap goes off. It's obviously scared them in the cabin, knowing that we'd run into the cabin. Joe actually fell and hurt his back. <laughs> they ran into the cabin and then tested my trap, but didn't touch anything on it. They just moved the thing two feet, the bowl. Just a wow. Never touched it again. Never took any food from it. <gasps> it was never touched again after three more days. Not by even a mouse. Weird. What do you attribute that to? I have no idea. I think about that probably every damn day. Why didn't any other animal touch that food? And why did the creature not recognize it was a gift? It was a gift. All I wanted to know is when he was taking the gift. I don't think I was even going to do anything. I just... Wanted to know when he was there or it was there or they were there or whatever. Cause I've been in that cabin when they're attacking it and it's kind of like they're almost fighting with each other as much as they're taking some aggression out on the cabin. They're also taking aggression out on each other. It's quite interesting. What you've been in the cabin when they're oh, attacking God, yeah. it numerous times. Okay, yeah, bro, it was on TV. Yeah. What do you yeah, mean? How, how would I know? This is like a famous event that happened. Oh, okay. I didn't know uh, this. It's amazing. Like, they, with the cameras and everything rolling, like rocks pelting the roof. And, like, I mean, it's all. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was one amazing. of the. Yeah. My son, um, during um, this whole thing, he went into physical shock. He was with, and he went into, I mean, literally, I was worried I had to figure out something we didn't have a you can't even call the flow plane base right you're out there you're out there alone and the the plate glass on the windows is like eighth inch thick and it's just really breakable and but here's where it started um <clears throat> i hate to matt knows this story I probably I heard don't. It a million times <laughs> i'll tell it real quick i, I went up there I i've been it. going up there for many years is my getaway right because you know, I used to film an outdoor show, just an outdoor show. It was kind of an outdoor magazine show. And we'd do like, this was luxury in the wilderness because they had solar panels. You could take a hot, sh- hot water on demand. It, water came out of the lake, but you could take a hot shower. <clears throat> yeah, there was an outhouse, but there was a sink and a bathroom. So you could, you know, shave or whatever. It was luxury in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we're talking 500 miles from nearest road. That is awesome. You get dropped off. And so I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to live here. I'm coming <laughs> back. And so there was one summer I went to, I went up there oh, like five times just because I could, you know, and I just Hell kept yeah. going. And, the, and the, the lodge owner printed me a frequent flyer jacket, 
never had any Bigfoots, never had any activity, never even thought about it. <clears throat> it's such a vast wilderness. How would they ever even find me? Mm -hmm. When you fly over this country for hours and you don't see a thing, and then there's the cabin. Well, how would they ever even? So you just feel like safe. Mm -hmm. So I would even sleep out on the dock on hot nights. I'd pull the cushion out and sleep outside alone, you know, just sleep out there because it was cooler than being in that hot cabin. Sure. It's made sure. out of tin, okay, DJ? Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, it's not like, yeah, like no. logs. No, okay. it's tin. Okay. So it gets hot in there. It's bad. Um, but anyhow, so um, I've been up there for years and years. But one day I'm reading, the, there's a diary. It's all kind of nasty and wrinkly. And I'm like, I didn't. I just like, you know, it's just people from like, oh, I saw a gull today. Oh, we caught 20 fish today. Oh, it's such a beautiful lake. Or we, you know, it's kind of just their little nature. I know I don't really want to read there. It's personal. No, it's like, I don't want to read it. But one yeah. day I did. I was really bored. I'd read every 1970s field and stream. So I thought, okay, and I got to read the, it was raining. I read the diary. Footprint found 16 inch on the portage. <laughs> to this lake because Chuck had left a, a, an extra boat and motor on this lake, but you got to go a long ways. Then you got a portage. You got to walk, you know, through this uh, island and all this crap to get there. They found this huge footprint and they described it as 16 triple E. So I thought, well, that's interesting. Well, interesting. But just kind of put it on the back of my head. Literally years and years later, I we always brought friends always men or or yeah men 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 it's always men six men six men i always get together six men six men so one day i thought god yes yeah, not fair i brought my sons up here i'm gonna bring my daughter dakota she's just she's old enough and, I, and her mom was willing to let her go i was worried <clears throat> so i also called my other boy say hey do you want to bring maria but they were good dakota and her were friends another friend of mine vladimir i said hey you want to bring ina so anyhow, we all brought our daughters up. That started the whole Bigfoot thing up there. Really? Which makes sense, which is why tonight's operation, kids. <laughs> we're gonna do kids recordings tonight, laughing and playing. That's exactly these were these were young. I mean my daughter Dakota, I don't know, she was maybe five. Oh, really young. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dangerous really as hell. I mean, this is a right. dangerous thing to do. I don't recommend yeah. when you do this. You want that's one of these remote subarctic trips. It's like, yeah, if something happened, you're you not calling it. There's right. not, <clears throat> excuse me, there's not even radio waves up there. There's nothing. You can put on an AM radio, there's just nothing. Static. Everything's static up there. There's no <laughs> nothing. Okay. So I'm with Dakota. And we had, I, I guided everybody into this lake I called Hidden Lake because you cannot find it. You cannot see it. It's hidden by a little narrow, tiny stream behind a bog. And then you go in and then you got to kind of pull and push your boat across all these rocks for a mile and a half. Really? It's not real fun. Okay. Okay. So I, I get everybody in there and it's the creepiest lake you've ever been to. You feel like, uh, how is it described? Joe described it as... You feel like you're the zoo animal and there's people watching you. Wow. You really do feel it. You feel watched. Like if they live, if Bigfoots live up there, that's where they live. It's on that lake. 
So one day we were coming out of the lake and my daughter was making monkey sounds. And I said, why are you, why are you doing monkey sounds, hon? She goes, well, it helps me catch fish. And she was catching a lot of walleyes, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, whatever. So like, yeah, that's cool. So she's doing monkey sounds and she was doing it while I'm trying to get us out into the main lake. And the water's shallow and there's, you know, and we get right to where it comes behind that bog and empties out into the out into the main lake. And there is a wood knock right by the boat, literally feet, 10 feet from the boat. Ten, oh, oh yeah. And it's the kind that echoes across the lake. You know, it's like, oh crap. What's I that, literally Daddy? turned white and I looked at joe and i go oh i know what we're gonna do tonight <laughs> so we waited until two in the morning and i told vladimir big strong guy i said okay you know showed him what he would knock you know perfect stick perfect tree and it hollow it echoes oh yeah another 10 foot away would knock right by our fire it's standing right like within like grabbing distance from us <laughs> And it answered just like that. Watching you guys have your campfire. Yeah. Because oh we're sitting God. with Joe's youngest daughter. Mm -hmm. Nina and um, Dakota are sleeping in the cabin. So there's curiosity about these kids, right? Sure. Which is kind of creepy, actually, too. It's a little creepy because you you would worry about maybe one being grabbed, right? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so I just think it's a little creepy. But maybe not. Maybe it's good intention. Could be a female. It's just like, whoa, this is cool. Because I'm sure they've seen people at that cabin, but never children. These are wilderness Sasquatches, okay? These aren't the ones that are at the state park. Right. I believe there's those, too, and I really do, you know, that live on the edges. Sure. This, this, this is not an edge. Uh, I'll tell you this, uh, uh, Matt and Deb and, and DJ, there is one seagull on that lake. <laughs> that's just it. One seagull, and that's his territory. And that's that's it. I saw a moose once. I saw a caribou one time, and that's it. In thirty years, it's not a lot of wildlife up there. Um, and one black bear that came up, and I literally sat next to the black bear, and he was my bud. I even put cookies in my buddy's suitcase so he'd take my buddy's suitcase, and he cooperated and did. Really, take my buddy's suitcase out into the woods yeah, as a joke. And the guy got what was left of his suitcase and he got home and he realized someone had put chips ahoy and it's crumpled up in his that was me. So yeah, I guess I, keep yeah, that I in mind. Think. Anybody who's going camping with Doug, that some of these hijinks may may unfold yeah. during your trip. So anyhow, um, but that's it for wildlife. Over 30 years, that's not much, right? Mm -hmm. And that includes all the birds, ducks, there's nothing. It's just a void. It's just that's really weird. People do not understand that when you're not on the edges, right. there's no wildlife. Tonight we went for a short bike ride, right? I got called to come home from mm -hmm. Tim Good, our, our good friend Tim. And and we we're just seeing turkeys, deer, fox. I mean, this is on a short bike ride because we live in the suburbs. We live in the edges. Right. That's where all the wildlife is. It's not in the wilderness. So people who think it is, yeah, maybe collectively, if you take a 500 square mile area and it concentrated, yeah, it might look like a lot, a lot of wildlife, but that's not much. I mean, it's, they've got room to roam. So my point is, um, I think these were wilderness Bigfoots. 
they've probably been spying on fishermen. And I think <clears throat> every cycle you have to throw your food garbage out behind the cabin. The extra five heads of lettuce you brought that everybody thought what they eat didn't. All those extra steaks that didn't get eaten. All the eggs that you got to put all that stuff. No paper, but just the food. And offering. Gotta go, yes. Got to go back 100 yards behind the cabin. So I'm thinking, oh, wow. oh, maybe they got this little pattern down and they just kind of come around towards the end of the trip. You know, um, to see what goodies, but when we brought the kids, that was more than they could bear at that point. So that night, I oh, we did a rock exchange. Maria, did, I had Maria do it because she's this kid. She would lob rocks, it would lob one back. She'd lob a rock, they'd lob one, she'd lob one. They'd really? This went on for a, maybe an hour. And there's nothing, I mean, there's no animal that could do that. So no, it's got to be, not. yeah. yeah. Right, it's so. either a person hiding in the forest, you know, 30 feet from us, or it's a Bigfoot standing back there. And at that point, I, you know, I didn't have any fear. I really didn't. But then I made the mistake. I said, Maria, this is like now three, whatever in the morning. Or Joe, can you guys, can somebody whistle? The and I told everybody, the native say you should never whistle. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I better keep that in mind. Cause... Yeah. And I sold Maria to whistle. Mm -hmm. So Maria did a nice whistle. Nothing happened. It's fine. Everything's good. Everybody's like, oh, okay, I'm tired. And we're all, you know, kind of pumped. I have more adrenaline in me. Everybody else is kind of like in shock. They're very skeptical. And suddenly they weren't. They're like, yeah, there's nothing else. I could have done this. So they go to bed. I stay up and I'm reading a magazine. One of these 30-year-old magazines that are up there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a, I'm reading by candlelight, very just a little tea light, and I'm getting tired. I was like, yeah, I want to go brush my teeth with the lake water. <laughs> so I brush my teeth with the lake water, and I flicked a solar powered light above me. Uh huh. Lit me up like daylight. I got a hat on, but I got very white hair. Mm -hmm. And that's when all hell broke loose. That was that. I mean, that was screaming banging lifting throwing stuff on the roof something was running on the roof um uh, really that was all fine i was good with that i shut the skylight because i'm like oh my god something's gonna come in the skylight right right i pictured a little bigfoot or something dropping down or a big one dropping through the skylight and i shut the skylight in a panic and i'm sitting there like you know i'm just like this is really amazing this is, oh my god but I'm not really freaked out, freaked out. Mm -hmm. But they're arguing out there. I can hear them arguing amongst themselves, like chimps going at it. And so I you hear a language? Did, did you hear like like sort of? Yeah, yeah. it's just weird. Uh -huh. And then I'm kind of in my mind. I can hear these things in one corner, another one on another corner. Like they're arguing. I hear them running on the roof, and I'm thinking, Oh my god! I bet you they're, they're kids on the roof. And they're yeah. yelling at the kid. I'm just telling Get you what I'm sensing. And the, the, the rock, and then it's all of a sudden rocks start hitting the top of the roof. Like maybe they're trying to get their kid down. Who's basically going F you. <laughs> and then they start one corner of the cabin starts getting jolted and lifted. And then the other one. And I look at the floorboards. I can see them flexing. The wood floor is flexing. 
Oh my! And the cabin is getting rocked, and and the and the storm of crap and brush and logs and everything's hitting the cabin, and then it ended as quick as it started. Just I tried to wake Vladimir up, couldn't wake him up. <laughs> this could be paranormal. I don't know. I went and pound. I I beat on Vlad. I beat on Joe. It's like after the cabin started getting rocked, that's when I started getting really scared. Yes, and I and I started hitting Joe as hard. I was, I was worried I was hurting him. Just turned over and did just grunted at me, and then it, it quit. It quit. Needless to say, I went back to reading my damn magazine again <laughs> because I'm not going to bed. Are you nuts? How, how I'm could on you? guard all night now. At this point, you know I'm not going to yeah. go to bed. I don't know when I finally did lay down, but I think I waited for the sun to start coming up. Yeah. Well, then I thought, well, then it gets weirder. Then the float plane guy um, comes to pick us up like two days later, and I'm telling him what happened. Mm -hmm. And he goes, and he's totally, this is a float plane pilot. And he's going, yeah, I believe you. I'm going, well, why do you believe me? He said, well, the whole cabin, the inside of the cabin got trashed in a really weird way. And uh, they came up... Um, kind of late summer early fall and the pipes in the bathroom were bent the all the shelves were torn away from the wall no claw marks the 50 decks of playing cards because you know when i bring a deck of playing cards up there i don't bring them home because it's extra weight for the plane you leave them right there. it's just kind of fun to see how many decks of cards can accumulate Something ripped every deck of card up into little circles. There were probably, man, I'm not even exaggerating, 25, 30, 40, 50 decks up there. That's really weird. That was more. Um, flip the wood stove over upside down. Flip mm -hmm. the refrigerator. Um, if it would have been a bear, they would have torn the insulation out because oh, they yeah. think it smells like formic acid. They think it's an ant colony. No, nope, no damage inside. Um, bent the pipes, flipped over a 1,200-pound gas tank in the shed, flipped it up completely just the opposite direction. Wow. Um, broke every piece of plastic in the cabin into little tiny pieces. This whole, I mean, I can go on and on. This would have taken forever to do. No windows broken. Windows are fine. And when they get there, the door's closed. And they no windows. Closed if it was human vandalism, they would have broke the windows. That's the first thing people do. Sure. They want to throw a rock at the window. Sure. And there's rocks everywhere around there. So they would have thrown a rock at the windows, broke them, went in, you know, spray paint, God knows what. People are can be really dogs. But sure. this was not human vandalism. And it wasn't bare because there was not one scratch in that cabin. None. It did so much damage to the interior of the cabin. He recorded a videotape for the insurance company. Right? Wow. So that's when I that's when I went, really? And I go, you don't have that tape to you still? He goes, yeah, I got it. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I got to see this tape. So I'm going to show it to a bear expert, too, just to confirm. There's no way this is bear damage. You remember, I'd been going to that cabin almost 30 years. I knew yeah. every knot. On the wall, there was no scratches. No, there was nothing. Everything looked perfect because he just put the shelves back up and 
they fixed the pipes and they did all this stuff. Drainer. Um, so um, it gets a little weirder because then I said to him, why do you have that big screw board in the back? I flipped it over because I was worried about our daughters getting hurt on that because it was like aimed outwards by the outhouse. Oh, that's our nail board that or our screw board we used after we had this happen. We left uh, this deterrent in front of both doors, a welcome mat, he called them. And he said, you know, the weird thing is something stepped on the welcome mat. And I said, what? So yeah, come with me. I go, look, you can clearly see fat tissue, mm -hmm. um, uh, meat on the screws, and you can clearly see blood on the back side of it. He wasn't joking. So then when I, I heard, got home quick, basically got Med Meldrum, dudes, we got to get up here. I laid that, that board in the shed so it was protected. Mm -hmm. Got Meldrum, Kurt Nelson up there, and a bunch of other people that, you know, we needed, and we did surveillance cameras, and we did a lot of stuff. And of course, the cabin got attacked up then too. So, and the cabin got attacked that night. Well, I don't know if it, was, it wasn't that night, but it was during the trip because it was raining the first three days, and I had the first rock thrown at me when I went out, went outside because it had just stopped raining. I went outside and a rock ricocheted off the shed and rolled to my feet gently just per, with precision like a pool player and i remember going and and nobody believed me of course i went in the cabin and meldrum's in there and they're all just talking i said they are here i don't think I, it's like nobody believed me but then it got nice everybody decided to start coming out and that's when uh, rocks were thrown um there was all sorts of stuff and then that night the cabin got attacked then we had a big rock thrown and so that's kind of how it went, but that's probably enough of that. Um, unbelievable, man. It, it is really, uh, you know, uh, they're just, Sorry. they're so good at being able to let you know how they feel, let you know when they want to be there. Yeah. Obviously, if that thing wanted to hit you in the head with a rock, it would have. Absolutely. Um, um, the know. speed that they, yeah. they throw these rocks is like, whoa. Yeah. Like fastball pitcher type yep. stuff. Yep. Yeah, I, I still don't know how sometimes when people will say it'll come through the trees and it'll land, you know, on the trail right in front of them, they'll hear it, right. you know, touching branches. Uh, it's amazing, you know, and, and, you know, Matt has Matt has said too, man, like the people that have thought um, that they were being stalked. I was like, man, they'll pick up a log and they'll, you know, they'll hit you with that and you won't even, you know, you'll, yeah. you just won't get up again. Yeah. You know, the, if they wanted to, to do that to you. Yeah. Um, so this it's, is real. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. real Go interesting. Ahead. So we're going back up. Are you? Yeah, I haven't been up there in eight years. So I'm going back up. <laughs> and I, I didn't go for then and then I wanted to go, but then COVID hit. So I couldn't go. Yeah. And um, it was just like the, the, the relationship between the Canadians and the U.S. kind of wasn't so great. And I thought, I'll just avoid it. I think everything's cooled back to normal again and getting back to tourism. So anyhow, and I'm just hoping I can make it across the border. Oh, I <laughs> because they know I filmed that show up there. And then we did another one. Mm -hmm. And I yeah, basically I think they got they got my number. 
be like, oh, that's a different high check. It's not me. That's, that's Jeff Harding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Jeff Harding. I, absolutely. This yeah. is when you bring Jeff out. Um, uh, but anyway, we got to say our uh, any final thoughts from uh, let, let's start with uh, Debs and then we'll go to Matt. And uh, with we can go with uh, Cabby goodbyes if you don't have anything left. Uh, yeah, this is really important. So I asked Just Chat that. GVT or, mm -hmm. um, about the names for the little Bigfoot, um, and the, these are the names that that All I right. my favorite right. is Littlefoot. Okay. Um, but the, and that I I actually thought of that before Chat GVT told me that, but they came up with Tiny Timber, Cubfoot. And some names I won't repeat because they're so bad. But <laughs> but I like Littlefoot or Petite no. Pete. Petite Pete's pretty good. Uh, Petite Pete. Yeah, yes. I mean that's gonna be a. It's gonna look like a newborn Bigfoot, sort of. Yeah, so we certainly have to robot. decide if, if the 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 female's gonna be uh, if it's gonna be a female robot or male. So we got to get that. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You can take all the time you need. We're not gonna deploy till September. You, I, we'll I'm time. reserving the right. You get to name it. Take your I think, time. I think petite feet. Okay, that's your final decision. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. I know you're gonna. I know you're gonna retract it later, Doug. You're gonna. Go, no, no. Oh. I, I like petite feet. I think it's a fun name. It's the one day I don't have a pen. Like, what's? I'm in my studio. I I will email I that to you pen. as well, Mr. Highcheck. So fear not. You send it to me, petite feet. Yep. I'll forget. Um. And uh, Matt, let's your uh, your final parting shot, my friend, and your cabbie goodbye. Yeah, uh. <laughs> there's that pregnant pause, TJ. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to go for another two hours. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> I've doubt. got so much to talk about. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not even gonna bring up my conversation points, but <laughs> I, I've enjoyed it uh, immensely. You'll be hearing from well, me. Let's do this uh, again. Very soon. For sure. For sure. 100%. You guys yeah. are you guys are great. You got here late anyways. You know, we yeah, gotta make yeah. up that so last let's, time. Okay. So that won't happen again, but you gotta send this old guy reminders. Yes, like sir. I, I will I had you in my calendar and I didn't normally I'd like people would send me a message on don't forget about the podcast tonight. I, I, I sent you one, but you, you didn't get it. You didn't, I didn't check get it, but it. it's okay. It's not we gotta a check. We got to double check on something. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Anyhow, well, call me if you guys want to just visit. Let's do I, that. Absolutely. Yeah, I will uh, message you for your for your number. Yep. And because, um, yeah, there's lots of things to discuss. We're definitely going to do a part two. Perfect. More cabbies will, will be here. And you are just an absolute joy Thanks. to have on. You're just so much fun. And you, uh, like Matt said, there, I, I have... You know, we plenty of Bigfoot questions to get to because it's a fascinating topic. They'll never end, and we're quite committed to be to be covering UAPs and Bigfoot and paranormal. Well, I got and some good a, UFO stories too, so plenty. Of oh, well, that'll be yeah. We haven't even gone there yet, you know. No, and, no. So um, I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna practice my pregnant pauses. Yeah, that's very important. That's and very I'll, important. I'll let I'll let you know, DJ, when I've got it perfected. Pregnant paranormal pauses. Just just watch a lot of William Shatner. Paranormal. Yeah. Actually, you know, we all grew up on those damn pauses. Oh, hell yeah, man. I'm a Star Trek kid. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, I grew up on I yeah, I really grew up on that. You guys too, I don't even, you guys were even born. Come on. I'm a 67 model. So yeah, yeah right. I mean, 
I am. I promise you, man. No Watching way. I'm not buying it. So. Star Trek was my favorite show. So. B&B. B, no, it's, it's not, not possible. You were not born in 67. I was. I promise you. I man. would have guessed maybe 77. Maybe. I, I greatly appreciate that. I, I wish no. I could claim okay. that, but uh, yeah. I'm Doug, getting ready to... This guy... Don't let DJ fool you, okay? He he does like long distance ocean swimming for fun. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Th- thank you. I, I am I'm going home to see my class of uh, eighty five well, classmates. Me and, me and Matt are gonna go do olive oil facials tonight. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got some catching up to do. Yeah. I got him in the hair department though. <laughs> oh my god! I'll look, I'll look really epic, good man. next time. Doug's hair is epic. I've seen it, and, and it I'm, is a source I'm gonna, of jealousy. I'm going ta- to tape my eyes back. <laughs> All right. So, so I'm going to get some gaff tape and tape it. <laughs> the pregnant pauses, the hairdo, and, and the gaff tape. We'll have, right, we'll so, have the look, I, man. It'll I, look great. I have, to, I have to suggest maybe you can trade one of those hats for Matt for some of the DJ skincare. Oh, oh I yeah. I could send uh, Doug some of my DJ organic skincare formula. I will. I'll send you. <laughs> it, you it, might want to have it tested first. Say, Matt. Matt. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I will. I will give you. I'm committing right now. I will give you one Monster Quest hat. No way. I will. And there. I swear to God, there's two in the world. I will give you one. I'm going to keep one for me, as a memento of the TV series, and I'm going to give one to you. But you can't sell it. I. I will not. Absolutely oh, not. I was not. Hey, I'm trying not to fanboy. I was a huge no, fan no, of Monster I Quest. I w- I wish, oh God, Monster Quest coming back would be amazing. So I'm. You have to send me your address, DJ. Send yeah, Matt's for address sure, for sure. I'll yes, sign it underneath just for kicks and because I'm sure I'll be dead. God knows when soon. But <laughs> Snow Grove. And then, you know, and then, you'll have, then you can sell the hat. Sell it. Oh, for, no, I, I'll just bug the crap out of you on uh, Facebook, man. Uh, yeah, I won't let you forget. I, no, I, I know you won't. No, no, no. I've got it documented. I got those eyes just staring at me from that yeah. icon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a, that's a topic we didn't even get to, but we will get to that next time is the eyes because that's another thing I want to ask you about. Oh, yeah. Um, I got Oh, it's funny. Second time today, and I got a whole spiel about that because I got some kind of mind blowing information about that. Yeah, then we, oh, well, I, I don't think you could leave on that note. So please uh, go ahead and no, spill the beans. No, no, oh, you want me to go on? I, yeah, I'm, I, oh, Deb, okay. Uh, okay. Matt, if you guys are okay, I mean, we so, got to get that in there. So I read a study, okay, because there's people that swear to God, and I've talked to numerous witnesses. No, this was no reflection. There was no moon. There was no flashlights. There were no mm-hmm. stars out. It was cloudy. I got up and blah, 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 to go potty. There's a Bigfoot standing there, and it's got beams coming out of its eyes. And I question them, and I've heard this numerous times from witnesses. Mm-hmm. Are you sure you saw beams? You saw eye glow, not shine. Yeah, no, no, there's no way. I know the difference, and they get insulted, you know, when I question them so much. Mm-hmm. But here's where it gets interesting. I just, I got a chill when I found this. Human. So I'm going to leave you real, leave you all with this. Humans are the only creature that still have leftover protein cells in their eyes that emit light. We do, yes. But we did you hear we we only they're leftover, leftover, yes. 
Does that we evolved mean... away from it? Correct. Is that Got possible? It. Why else would we have these few protein cells that emit light? So let so let me put this out there. Yeah. So a, a long time ago, a young researcher named Matt uh, contacted <laughs> the leading expert in mammalian eyesight, uh, specializing in primate eyesight, yeah. and asked them just randomly in an email, "Hey." Uh, let's just pretend Bigfoot's real yeah. <laughs> and let's pretend it's a primate, you know, like tell me about this, uh, eye shine thing, being able to see the infrared spectrum, blah, blah, Whatever. blah. And he was like, yeah, there's, there's no way. Uh, yeah, right. if something could see in the infrared spectrum, they'd be blinded by sunlight every time yeah. they open their right, eyes. I yeah, see, I, I don't believe Bigfoots can see any infrared. I Neither really do don't. I. Neither do I. I believe they can see UV, which right. a lot of mammals are discovering. Oh, do see Doug. UV. Oh, Doug, is, we have so many conversations to which have. Which is, <laughs> here's where it's cool. All that is, is a filter they don't have. So they're doing this surgery on people right now. You can go and have surgery done to remove your UV filter. And then you can have UV vision. Wow. Caribou, bears. Yeah, yeah. Um, animals, especially that um, were um, from, probably came over from the land bridge have uv vision isn't that a coincidence wow isn't it a coincidence that humans are the only the animal they've ever found that have these little cells that actually produce light not reflection make light and they've, they've seen it studied and photographed it well it it jibes with people like we saw a video the other day of guy in alabama and you see the trees the eyes and then they go behind a tree and then they come out yeah, it's well, like, we actually, man, I hate to give away our show, but we recorded yeah. some of that on um, uh, twice to over two nights, same height on both nights, but different spots, and found two footprints below one of the eye shine spots. Um, not real amazing, you know, like toes and everybody, you can see the heels, which is really cool. Um, but where it gets really cool is the fact that why did we have cells that produce light? Nature generally doesn't do crap that's wasted. Yeah, we've lost our tail, right? Mm -hmm. But there's still even some people that are born with the damn tail still. Mm -hmm. We've lost a lot of things maybe that we just don't know we've lost. What would it be used for? That's a great question. Flashlights? Remember, that's just before they had batteries. Uh, that would actually be cool. If you could turn it on and off lights coming out of your eyes that'd be a real helpful tool to an early man wouldn't it no i mean it yes. could also be a tool for recognizing each other in the dark correct communication silent communication yes for hunting um it could be a tool for just lighting things up just like you know how many times do you all use your iphone to light up the whatever looking you drop your your whatever and you're going to grab that flashlight and you start looking for it so it, it, I'll leave you guys with all that fun information. That, that is that, that that is a mic drop that because, like you said, yeah, now nah, I could yeah. go on for a while, but but yeah, yeah we are going to uh, book you on the show again. Uh, we'll have communications offline, okay, uh, by email. I, I want people to go to uh, Kickstarter. Uh, no, no, the Kickstarter is done. Oh, it's, okay, um, you got to go to Hangar One okay. Publishing. And there is a, there's no, see, Kickstarter's gone. So all this is is a pre-order, you can pre-order in the doc. 
and you'll get your name in the credits and all that. And there are some other levels if you want to, but generally we're just, yeah, we really hope more people order the doc. So, hang on publishing. Yep, that's that simple. Yep. Copy. Um, and check Doug out. We will have everything that I can find on Doug in our show notes will be included. Uh, and yeah. man, um, I'm, it was just awesome having you. So much fun. I really apologize. I've never done that. It's the first time I ever... My day was so crazy that there's no way I could ever possibly have a meeting tonight, you know, or another it's, activity. <laughs> it's totally cool, man. Totally cool. So I, I apologize. Just, so we're we're so happy to have you, and we just can't wait because you are just so much fun. No, it was so, it was it was a blast for me. Thank you, Matt. You just give me your address. We'll get you that damn hat off. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. He is he is the man. Um, so Julie, as Julie likes to say, if you would like and subscribe us on YouTube and uh, your favorite podcast app, we'd appreciate that. Uh, and on behalf of Mr. Highcheck, Debs, yeah. and Matt, this is DJ saying peace out. One love. We'll see you down the road. And we're always wondering what's up around the bend. Oh.